The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, I say to you, it will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and said, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For men, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. And then Peter said to him in reply, We have given up everything and followed you. What will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, that you who have followed me in the new age, when the Son of Man is seated on his throne of glory, will sit yourselves on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for the sake of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. We need to be very, very careful of what we think the reliable and trustworthy truisms of faith are. Because the Lord often turns our expectations on their head in a shocking way. Notice what Jesus doesn't say here. He doesn't say it will be hard for those who promote abortion to get into the kingdom of heaven. Notice he doesn't say it will be hard for those who are violent to get into the kingdom of heaven. Notice he doesn't say it will be hard for the drug dealer to get into the kingdom of heaven. Not that he's giving these things a free pass. But sometimes we give ourselves a free pass by pointing at the obviously monstrous and because we don't see it in ourselves, assume we're doing better than we are. And so the Lord here ranks up with those other things that are dangers, wealth. It will be difficult for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's from the lips of Jesus Christ. And it's serious enough that he makes it a point to say that. In our world, which values wealth so readily, which values prosperity so constantly and insistently, 
we should all take a step back and take a deep breath and say, what's going on here? Because this flies in the face of so much of the way life around us is constructed. And this is not me saying it. This is what Jesus says in the gospel. And we have to pause and consider what he means. Yesterday in our gospel reading, we saw the example of the young man asking what good he needed to do to inherit eternal life, and Jesus explained it to him. And he felt that there was something still lacking, and so he said, what else should I do? And the Lord said, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and follow me. And he went away sad because he had many possessions. And as the young man leaves in his sadness, the Lord turns to his disciples and continues the discussion. How difficult it is for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And to make sure that everybody knows he means what he says, Jesus continues and makes it an even stronger statement. I tell you it will be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it will be for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, notice what Jesus doesn't do. Guys, I'm speaking strongly just to make a point. Notice what he doesn't do. I'm sure that there are many rich who are good. He doesn't say that. He emphasizes the difficulty that wealth poses to obtaining eternal life. And we might all sit here and thinking, well, you know, at least I'm off the hook on that because I'm not wealthy. You know, I don't have to worry about that one. But again, the point is not merely a question of quantity of material wealth. It is not merely a question of how many zeros are on the backside of my paycheck when I get it. The issue here is something much more fundamental. It's over what masters the human heart. And here the Lord is sounding a note that he sounds repeatedly in the Gospels. And yet, strangely, we Christians have a hard time hearing. One of the ways of speaking about Christianity and faith in this same Jesus Christ that is very popular today is the so-called gospel of prosperity, where if you have enough faith in the Lord, he will bless you with a material abundance, and that becomes the great sign that God loves you. And then we have Jesus saying, how hard it is for the wealthy to get into the kingdom of heaven. Note the contradiction. Note the contradiction. It is not that the Lord wants everyone to be miserable in this world, but one of the greatest temptations, in fact, Arguably, that temptation that Jesus raises his voice against most frequently 
is the way the heart latches on to material gain, to material things, to material wealth. When he says you cannot serve two masters, the two masters, and it wasn't God and Satan, it was God and money. Wealth is a dangerous thing. And a world that dedicates so much of its energy to the seeking of wealth, the accumulation of wealth, the acquisition of wealth, is running in a direction away and contrary to the acquisition of eternal life. We don't reflect on that enough. It's hard for us in a culture that values these things to stop and question what their real value is. And so again, Jesus is not saying don't work hard. He's not saying don't take care of your family. He's not saying don't plan for your future. But he is saying your plan for your future better involve more than that. He is saying what you are working to acquire better be more than those things. But what happens as we begin to acquire, we begin to relax in our wealth. Our wealth makes us feel stronger than we really are. We don't need anyone's help. We don't need the Lord's help either. We become complacent. When the body and the belly are full, oftentimes the heart which is starving doesn't realize how hungry it is. And so we can numb ourselves. It's no accident that just after the Israelites were freed from Egypt, when Moses was delayed from coming down from Mount Sinai, what did the Israelites declare to be their God? A calf made out of gold. Here is your God, O Israel. And they looked at the glittering idol. They looked at the precious metal. And while they might have been saying it represents the Lord, note what they were doing. I'd rather set my eyes on what gleams. I'd rather set my eyes on the precious things of this world than look out with eyes of faith. The disciples understand exactly what Jesus was saying because they turn to him and say, who can be saved then if that's the case? And why do they say that? Because in parts of the Bible, the great sign of God's favor is that you're rich. If you're rich, it must be because God loves you. That's what we hear on late night TV too, isn't it? God loves you so much he will make you rich. What does Jesus say here? How hard it... God doesn't love you so much that he wants to make it hard for you to get into heaven. It's already hard enough. God doesn't love you in a way where in his love he's going to make it extra difficult for you to get to eternal life. This idea that the love of God is identified by material abundance. For some, maybe but not for everybody. Because then if I'm poor, does that mean that God doesn't love me? 
If I lack and I'm hungry and I don't have enough to feed my children, does that mean God hates me? And so Jesus says, these are not unambiguous signs of blessing. They're signs of good fortune. But that's all they, that's all they represent. And the disciples understand, well, we've grown up thinking that those who are specially blessed by the Lord always know success in this world. And Jesus says, those are the ones who have the hardest time getting into heaven. You can imagine how confused the disciples are. Well, we're not even rich. We don't even have those blessings. How can we get there? Who can get saved if they can't? And you've got to love Jesus. His answer is, well, basically nobody. For man, it is impossible. And what do we see here? Wealth is equated with the strength of man, the capability of man. I can buy what I need. I can gain what I need. I have what I need. I am safe. Jesus says, no, you're not. You're as vulnerable as the poor are. You're as vulnerable as the most afflicted and neglected are. And wealth doesn't guarantee anything with regard to the kingdom. And so acquiring it, amassing it, it's not a bad thing, but it can create a dangerous illusion that we have more than we really do. This is the point the Lord is making. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere. But God can get you where you need to go. And riches are dangerous because they turn our eyes away from that. In the comfort that wealth provides is that false sense of security where I overlook my fragility, where I overlook my vulnerability, where I overlook my weakness. But before the Lord, we're all beggars. Before the Lord, no one on earth is rich. There is no earthly wealth that earns heaven. And the favor of heaven is not a full bank account. The favor of heaven is a heart that's full of virtue. The favor of heaven, whether one is rich or poor, is a life that is lived toward holiness. That's the sign that I'm right with God. Not how much I have. That's a bonus. Some of us God will bless with material abundance, and some of us he won't. He will bless us with the strange and bitter blessing of lack. But in that lack, we also know our need. And when we know our need, we know where we need to turn. When I don't know my need, when I forget my need, then I don't turn where I need to. And so the Lord says, again, don't take your money out of the bank and burn it. He doesn't say, don't get rid of all your stuff. But as he says to the young man, be careful what owns your heart. 
because the wealth we accumulate in the end banks us. It holds us in its wallet. And we spend our lives caring for it when we should be caring for one another, when we should be attending to our salvation. What an important teaching this is. All of those things that our society and our world say equal the good life, Jesus says create a danger for real life. He doesn't say get rid of them. He does say don't value them more highly than they deserve. That's a tricky thing to do, but it's very, very important. But again, note how strong he is. He doesn't name what we would think would be the bigger things to name, because this thing, this thing lives in every heart. This thing calls to everyone. Sooner or later, the desire for comfort the desire for gain, the desire for acquisition creeps into life. And if we're not careful, it stops our spiritual living short. And who is he? He is that one who comes down from heaven, as we heard in the gospel acclamation, to make himself poor so that you and I could be made rich. But that doesn't mean a full bank account on this earth. It is, though, with that wealth of grace that brings us to eternal life. He asks us first to be rich in him. And that rich man, that rich woman, is the one who will not have great difficulty entering the kingdom of heaven. That rich one, because that is the true wealth. And how beautiful it is that in just a minute, we're going to come forward and we're going to stretch out our hands like the needy do, like a beggar does. We may not think of it that way ordinarily, but think of the gesture. Who stretches out his hand to be given a piece of bread? It's not the one who is wealthy who has enough bread at home. We stretch out our hands, literally, for a piece of bread, the bread of life. Not mere earthly bread, not bread to feed our bellies, but bread to feed our hearts and our poor spirits. And when we do that, we recognize who the Lord is. He is that one who gives us what we need, and we know who we are. We're the ones who need him to. And this is the bread we need to come and seek. And how wonderful it is that we can do this even every single day. We can come. Whether, whether materially we are rich or we are poor, before him, no one is wealthy. But we can stretch out our hands and we become richer than lords, richer than kings because of him whom we receive into our hearts. And that indeed is the very greatest of things. Amen.